So Abraham, we, we meet Avraham Avinu, Abraham, our father, in this Torah portion. This is the third Torah portion of the cycle. Uh, it's called Lech Lecha, when you go out. Lech Lecha. It's a Torah portion that if you're within six feet of distance and you're not wearing a mask, you will be certainly spitting viral particles all over your neighbor. <laughs> when you go out. So we meet Avram, who was renamed to Avraham, and he's the father of faith. He was an old dude with a hot old wife. I would say right now, like, how many husbands are here with a hot old wife? But I don't... child, and he was an old dude with a hot wife, but this hot wife, Sarah, uh, did not conceive, so he was childless, and it actually says that his heir, H-E-I-R, his heir, his next of, his one who's going to get his inheritance, which was a lot. Abraham was a rich, powerful dude with a lot of, of, of wealth and people, I mean, it says in this Torah portion how he actually went to war with kings. So it wasn't just a guy. He was, he had people. Like, he was like a leader of people. And he had a lot of wealth, but he didn't have a child. And you can tell that his heart was broken because of that. Um, in certain places. Like, God gave him a promise. Like, you're going to have a kid. And he's like, yeah, I, I know, I know. It's my, my servant. He had a servant. His name is Eliezer. And um, he was his heir. He was the one who was going to get everything. He was the one that was written in the will. You know, they wrote in the will. And he had the lawyer sign and everything. He was going to get everything. His servant, Eliezer, was getting everything. And God said, you're going to have a kid. And he said, yeah, I know, I know, Eliezer. You know, I know. But in God, like, you didn't give me a son or a daughter of my own. And you could tell how sad he was about that. This man who had everything, you could tell he's crying in his heart because this promise was yet to be fulfilled. And God said, 
Oh no, sir. You may be 100, and your wife may be 100, and she may be hot, but she's beyond her childbearing years, but I am a God of miracles. And the things that would cause one to stop bearing children the natural means nothing to me. It's similar to how he spoke to Moses. When Moses, yeah, the God, I'm a stutterer. And God said, Moses, who made the mouth? Who made the mouth? So it's almost like God goes to Abraham and said, Abraham, who makes the womb? Who makes these babies, these anyone? You're going to have a child. This child is going to be from you. In fact, take a look at the stars. And if you can count those stars, which you can't, then you'll be able to count your descendants, which you won't be able to. And Abraham, the one who was so sad that he didn't have a child, did something radical and simple. He believed God. He just said, if you're saying God, I'm going to believe it. And because of that little action, he was considered righteous. If you fast forward all the way to uh, the, towards the end of the New Testament, the book of James, James 2, he speaks about Abraham. And he clarifies what this righteousness was and what his faith was. Because in a short-sighted way, we say that faith is our belief in God. Is it? We believe. We have faith. We believe in God. It's just about our belief. It says even of Abraham, he believed God. And in a short-sighted way, we can think that means he just believed in God. You know, but James clarifies this. You know what he says? Demons believe in God too. And they ain't faithful. So it's more than just a belief that God exists. There's something else. And James clarifies why Abraham was the father of faith. It wasn't just belief in God. And it wasn't even just belief in what he said. It was, and this is right along with the word that Michel was saying. It is belief that followed, is followed by action. It's belief that's followed by action. So I could only think if this hundred-year-old guy and his hundred-year-old wife got a word that they were going to have a child and he believed God, but that belief has to follow with action. I think there was a little rumpus going on in those tents because belief, a little hundred-year-old rumpus. Amen for a hundred-year-old rumpus in the tent? Lame, lame, lame. Belief followed by action. In fact, James says that if you don't follow your belief with action, it's meaningless. Like faith without works is nothing. And he mentioned certain things that we can do. He's, 
Yeah, like if you go to some, and how many times do we do this? It convicts us all. You get a prayer request. I lost my job. And we pray. In fact, these days we barely even pray. We text hands that look like this. And, we, and the emoji developer who did it didn't even think it was for a prayer. It was high five. So we text like a couple of high five emojis. And that's our prayer. Do you know that James would say that that is meaningless? Because you're not following it up with action. How about action of, you know, going into your wallet and going to the person and saying, you have, obviously you're in a financial, you know, distressed situation. How about I give you a little money? See, it's faith followed by action. And we think, like, what can I do? 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 How about this is a challenge for us as a congregation and us as individuals in this new Jewish year in 5781? That how about when we get prayer requests and we find out about needs, we follow up our faith with a little action? How about if somebody that doesn't even live close to us is, is struggling with getting a little food? How about we just call up their local stop and shop and have, and have them deliver some food? Something like that. How about we, how, how about we get them to deliver a little uh, gift card or something like that, you know, so they can get some food? Like there's so many even creative ways that we can put action to our faith. Action to our faith. You know, it says in James that the, the pure religion, pure religion, is what? Undefiled. Undefiled religion is what? Take care of the offerings, the offerings. yes. The widows. Yes. See, we get, we get stuck on what ministry is. I'm not being used by the Lord. Because we think that ministry has to do with, like, congregational ministry. Right. Like, I'm serving in the congregation. I'm serving, serving in the congregation. I have a task in the congregation, and now the Lord is using me. What do you do in the congregation? I set up the video camera every week, and I press play. And when the sermon's over, I press stop. I'm being used by the Lord. In my congregational ministry. <laughs> and I, I don't want to discount it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That is not what James says. He says, pure religion is what? Visit the what? The fatherless. The fatherless. Do you understand that the pure religion, it doesn't require a congregation. Oh, Tell that to the pastors. Pure religion and the rabbis, including me. Pure religion doesn't require a congregation. It doesn't require being used in a congregational setting. I'm the dance leader. I'm the worship leader. I clean the toilets. <laughs> there are so many ways that we can put action 
to our faith. Because God is a God of action. He's a God of movement. God is a God. See, this is why I peace when I preach. Because <laughs> God's a God of movement. It says that faith is the evidence of things not seen. But action works is the evidence of the faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Evidence of things not seen. Which means there's nothing there that you can see with your eyes. But because you have faith, it actually is evidence that it's true. But the evidence of the faith is your action. What Abraham did, and it wasn't just believing God, like, I believe in you, God, is that he put action to the faith. When God said it, he did it. And this is true faith. Action. Movement. Movement is something that God wants from his people. Because being still has a season. But being still can also be a, a crutch and a vice and an excuse to not move. Well, I'm being still waiting on the Lord. Well, that might be good unless the Lord is really telling you to move. And I tell you right now that a lot of people are stuck where they are because they're afraid to move because they're expecting like the heavens to open up. Like, and God to write the direction for you to go like a, like a sky rider. What are those planes that write things on the sky? Sky riders. That wasn't that hard. You know what the best job is in the world? To be the guy that names kitchen appliances. I got a new one. What does it do? Well, it toasts. Okay, it's a toaster. All right, I got a new one. What does it do? It fries. It fries. Okay. Hmm. It's a fryer. All right. I'm going on break. People expect the sky to open up and for God to write the direction on where to go in your walk of faith. But it doesn't always do that because if it did, guess what it wouldn't be? Faith. It wouldn't be faith. It wouldn't be faith. How are we going to do this? I think we should demonstrate. I don't know where this is going. So I need a, a volunteer. I need a volunteer. Come on, Matthew. Lou has volunteered his whole life. So is Michelle. Matthew is right here, right now. <laughs> but God may be calling Matthew to move. 
to go. But we all see in part. We all hear in part. And as much as we hear and listen to the Holy Spirit, if it was as clear as a sky rider, it wouldn't be faith. So, you have the ability right now to move. You don't know which way to go. You don't know. When you look at ways to go, you can see a challenge here. It's not perfect. You can see a challenge here. He, he talks like he's wearing a mask. There's a challenge here. Lord, which way do I go? I, I don't know what to do. Like every way, it's not a perfect way. When you open up the sky and write, go to the right. But he doesn't do that. So I give you permission in those cases. Are you ready? I give you permission to do this. You ready? See, this is probably not COVID friendly, but I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm doing it anyway. Baruch Hashem. He didn't know what Baruch Hashem meant three months ago. Now he's Baruch Hashem. Oops, and I gotta go back. 
Even if the clarity is, I gotta go back where I came. There will be more clarity once you move than there was when you're stuck, when you're not moving, when you're just waiting and waiting and waiting, and it has a semblance of righteousness. It sounds righteous, I'm waiting on the Lord, but so many times it's out of fear of movement. Because you don't want to make the wrong move. And I tell you right now that in the Lord, if you trust him with your heart, he will direct your steps. You won't mess it up. And even if you do, he'll put you back here where you belong. And then and Abraham did the same thing. He went to one place. He went to like the Oaks of Mamre. You know, it's like... One of those Lord of the Rings types of the Oaks of Mumbra. You can almost hear like, you know, the wizard, uh, the gray. Gandalf, the Oaks of Mumbra. You know? Then he went to AI. I don't even know how to pronounce AI. It's, it's spelled AI. AI. Okay. Goes there. And, and he built altars and he went to Egypt. And he had this not a very good experience in Egypt. Then he went back. You can go back. You can go back. When you trust the Lord, don't be afraid to make a move. See, people think that like if you wear a mask, oh, you're in fear. Fear is being afraid to make a move. So I want to release you from fear of moving forward in the Lord. Because I want to encourage you that if the Lord has you go, <coughs> forward. And you realize once you're there that it was the wrong move. And you go back, and now you know better that this is the way. That whole direction is forward. It's not backwards. It's forward. And God has a lesson for you in the movement. Whether you have to retreat or move forward. There's lessons for you. Every Are you going to share something? Uh, yeah, Yes, that's true. And then Pharaoh gave to them like many stuff. Anything. Yes. So what, like, was a mistake? Beautiful. It was just to go there to receive that lesson and then go back to the place that I wanted you. Amen. That's right. That's right. And it was a famine that brought him to Egypt, and that's a spiritual thing. So that's not a good place to be in a famine, and it brought him to Egypt. But God used him there, and He blessed him there. But at the end, he brought him back exactly to that place that he went to Egypt in the first place, and he continued on his journey. So I want to encourage you to not be afraid to move. Can I come tell me back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's warm. It's warm. Let me, let, me, let me just explain it this way. Let me explain it. Stay where you are, Matthew. Absolutely. This is what God does. This represents the way to go. Okay? You don't know the way to go, right? Uh, no, not yet. Okay, so make a move in faith. Just gotta go. Don't lose time. Huh. Okay. When you make the move, you will see more clearly where he wants you to go. That's what God does. This is why do not be afraid 
to take a step in the Lord. Don't be afraid. Our walk of faith is a walk of moving with the Lamb. Satan hates movement. You know, this virus keeps us in our homes. And there's, you know, there's many spiritual ways you can apply to the different things that have happened when it comes to COVID. But one thing is that it keeps us still. It keeps us in our homes. And it's, you know, if you think of that in a good way, but it, it doesn't want us moving around. It wants us to stay. And God is a God of movement, of putting action into faith. So I will give you your way to go. Back to your beloved. Thank you, man. Thank you, Rabbi Rogers. Thank you. 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 20 years in the military training in NBC, nuclear biological chemical warfare. But the person I think about is the person who is afraid. That's why I wear this stupid thing. Okay? We went to a gym because I was supposed to go up to the gym. Paul and I, I was going to a gym. And, and this is where I'm kind of going with this. So my season ended. Paul and I went. We joined this gym. Well, this woman who does not believe in God recently asked me for prayer for her animal to die. She says, Bob, I know you're spiritual. And first, when they see Christians, they see this as Bible thumpers holding the Bible in the face. But now, all of a sudden, Paul and I built a relationship with these people at the restaurant where we go because we're not afraid of it. Okay? We're, going, we're stepping up where, and where people are afraid. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And the thing that is, he says it in Psalm 91, no pestilence will go against us. So that's what I've been standing on all along. And I'm not going to be afraid of it. Yeah, I'll wear this for the person that's coming into the temple. Because Paul says, we do it for the weak. It's in 1 Corinthians, you can look it up. 1 Corinthians 9, it talks about it. Also, I guess I'm saying this, I'm not sure. I wear it because I care about people that don't, that are afraid. And if I get a chance to witness to them, right where they're at with this, to share the gospel, then I'm going to do it. And that's why I do it. That makes any sense. Thank you, Bob. So, I think the message today is faith is followed by action. The action, number one, could be as Michelle was sharing, that when we, when there's a need out there, let's think of ways that we can meet that need beyond the three emojis. And number two, when God is telling us to move and we don't know where, don't be afraid to try. I give you permission in the Lord to try. He directs our steps. It's going to be okay. Feel free to make a move. There'll be greater clarity when you arrive at the next step. Amen. All right. I'm done. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem.